This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. San Francisco is tiny. It's a Grand Theft Auto map of a town. Seven miles by seven miles. It has an unmatched population density for the state of California. 18,790 people per square mile. But unlike other dense American cities like New York City or Chicago, San Francisco has a secret ingredient. The mountains surrounding the San Francisco Bay protect the city from both the oppressive summer heat and chilling winter storms. Sure, sometimes you need a jacket in July, but otherwise you're looking at 40 degrees to 70 all day, every day, all year. Combined with unique architecture and world-changing business culture, it is truly one of America's great glittering gems. And it's the reason why so many people come to San Francisco or the Bay in general. But all cities have their problems, and San Francisco is no exception. Can't walk around downtown without seeing people using drugs publicly, defecating publicly. Ask anyone who lives or has lived in the Bay Area about the Tenderloin, and you're going to get some pretty interesting reactions. Yuck, gross, scary, weird. Heartbreaking, disturbing, tragic, dire, and heart-wrenching. It's bad here, and it has a terrible reputation. You know when you walk down the street and uh, you see uh, you see that a dog did their business and you get upset? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, San Francisco <laughs> did the same thing. They created a map and an app to track the poo uh, over 28,000 markers. Oh, except, my no, gosh. Well, hold on. That's not dog poo. It's human poop. Ew! No. Visual homelessness has and will continue to be the yoke around San Francisco's neck. Our national culture war has brought SF into the crosshairs. Or maybe the city jumped into the line of sight. Regardless, it is a mascot for liberal government in action. What happens? when your city and state are run by the Democratic Party. That means any evidence that the policies of San Francisco are not working are sought after and spread by Republicans. But this podcast isn't about the national conversation. It's a little bit more about the city conversation, but it's not really about that either. It's somewhere in the middle. A cast of dozens of homeless, many, if not all of them, drug addicts, and one business owner who wants to show the reality of his neighborhood, no matter who retweets it. This is the story of Better Soma. My name is Justin Robert Young, and this is Politics, Politics, Politics. But All right, uh, uh, 
how would you? I mean, is your is your name public? <laughs> uh, or your? Uh, I mean, I, you are you are yes. a business owner here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, 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 what's your name? My name is Adam Mesnick, um, and I am the uh, the uh, Twitter handle user uh, Better Soma. Um, but I also am a chef and deli owner of Deli Board in San Francisco. I can't say for certain where the first time I saw the Better Soma Twitter account was. But I can hazard a guess that it was probably because a national conservative figure retweeted it. Because unless you live in the Soma neighborhood, why else would you be following a neighborhood advocacy group about the South of Market what Soma comes from, neighborhood in SF. The account is extraordinarily deliberately a horror show, a picture and video documentation of humanity at its lowest. Seriously, do yourself a favor. Go look it up right now. It ain't pretty, and it is nonstop. So, while I was in the Bay Area... Over the last week, I decided to shoot a DM and sit down with the man himself to ask where this all came from. And I gotta say, even before I sat down with Adam, he'd already made his point. Simply the walk from the Civic Center BART station to the coffee place that we met at and then eventually to Deli Board, which is a deli that he owns and operates, there was plenty of open-air drug markets and homelessness to be found. But why take the time to publicize it, to document it, to put it out there for the world to see and argue over? Well, to know that, you got to know where Mike came from. I moved to San Francisco in 2001, October of 2001. Uh, and I'm for, assuming from all the Cleveland stuff, it was from the Cleveland area? I was, I was from Cleveland, or I am from Cleveland. Um, now I live here, yeah. I've been here for 21 years. I'm from Cleveland, uh, and I did a four-year uh, stint in, in Kansas. Oh, wow. Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> I uh, got a degree in creative writing. Okay. Which could potentially uh, give up some of the, uh, the, the secret of Better Soma's brilliance. <laughs> uh, the character that I created, Better Soma, is quite the following. Um, and, it, and, and it is indeed a character. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that character in me, and as time, that character has evolved. Uh, but for the most part, it's always been a character. And um, obviously, the character's message is very pointed, and um, the, the message went from uh, a campaign of, of uh, distaste for uh, feces and needles um, to now what's really a fentanyl epidemic. Yeah. Um, so the evolution of my fight and, and, and the Twitter uh, world and Better Soma in its evolution is, has changed and obviously it's become uh, more vicious, uh, more deadly. Um, and, and really more in people's faces. So now I'm no longer considered a video vigilante. Yeah. I would be considered a citizen journalist. And uh, there's a number of other people who do the same. We did this interview at Deli Board. That's Adam's Restaurant in Soma. 
You can hear his workers putting things together in the background. But the area around Deli Board is really the main character of his Twitter account. So, so my, um, my career, my career in 2001, when I moved here, I was in mortgage finance. Uh-huh. And um, I continued that career until 2009 when I founded Deli Board in June of 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so my real first experience with Soma, this area, was in June of 2009. So Better Soma really, um, in its um, in its origins, was created as a neighborhood group, uh, whereas the city at the time had recommended that creating groups or an alliance or a coalition would give the voice more power. Uh, it would give the voice uh, more, uh, a, a more legitimate uh, soapbox. Now, I, what, what, what it evolved into Something a little bit, something a little bit more, completely more, different. More involved than just uh, right. When I moved down here, I think I was shocked and in awe um, by what by what I saw, which was um, humans deteriorating on the streets. According to Adam, the deterioration of people on the streets of his neighborhood specifically has only gotten worse. And not only that, his attempts to form the neighborhood committee only met with roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. But I just want to give you guys a sense of what's happened on this Twitter account since I sat down and talked to Adam. I spoke to him on Friday, March 3rd. As I speak to you right now, I am recording my track on Tuesday, March 7th. Since then, on this Twitter account, he has recorded firsthand a mass overdose situation in the Civic Center area of San Francisco that included one homeless person pushing a police officer. That's just the thing that he had his phone out for. What is almost assuredly a dead body and this situation. encampment, others join. So this is my doorway to my kitchen. The actual kitchen entrance. These are windows to the kitchen. And this is my new neighbor. These are my new neighbors. What you're hearing is Adam describing a homeless encampment that set up shop right in front of the kitchen door to his restaurant. This was a standoff of sorts. Adam was tagging all of the local resources in the city to move the encampment. He gave his workers off for the day so they wouldn't have to step over the homeless people and, you know, possibly get secondhand fentanyl smoke. He threatened to move the encampment. And then eventually there was a truce brought between Adam and the homeless people with no intervention from the city food in exchange for moving across the street. Now, this is a very, very important point, and I want to make it very clearly so everybody hears it. As you are listening to this, you are probably forming in your head some rationale as to why the homelessness in San Francisco 
is as bad as it is. And boy, are there narratives to beat the ban. So, one of the prevailing is that this is an example of capitalism. This is a natural outgrowth of what happens when so much pools in the hands of so few. Other corollaries to that are that it's systemic racism, and that's what's putting these folks out on the street. Oh, God. I mean, systemic issues. If I heard systemic issues one more time, racism and poverty. Yeah. Racism. So that's the reason why there's poop on the street and there's needles on the street is because of racism and poverty. Yes. And white supremacy and systemic issues and people that have been downtrodden for years and years and years and years and years has nothing to do with drug dealers or drug addicts. It has to do with poverty. Poverty and racism. And racism. Yeah. And more poverty and more racism and systemic issues like slavery. Adam obviously does not believe that systemic racism and poverty are the reason why so many people are on the streets. He believes that it is drugs, drug dealers, and mental health issues. And part of the reason why anybody who follows his Twitter account would be persuaded to believe as he believes is because Adam spends a lot of time talking to these addicts. In fact, any follower to his account knows that there are a few of them that have become somewhat recurring stars. So check one, two, check one, two. Here we are with Steven. And as everybody knows, Steven has a few favorite things. Matzo ball soup, I'm grateful, grateful. Matzo ball soup is one of your favorite things. This is Steven, one of the two most visible homeless people that'll show up on the Better Soma account. In this, Adam is giving Steven his favorite. Matzo ball soup for which only comes at the price of a critique. And it's a technique here, folks. And and the way he eats, he's he's a lover of food. So it's about savoring and enjoying. And tell me your thoughts. Uh, It is, it is, uh, I am not worthy of He's not worthy of the mass ball. But yes, you are, though. You are worthy. Uh, uh, how, how did they come into your, 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 your field of vision? How did you get the idea to start interviewing them? And I mean, what have you learned from them? Oh, my God. Uh, what have I learned from them? I'm an, I'm an absolute expert on the streets. And that Stephen, he was swinging a stick at me outside my store. <laughs> um, he was in, in some sort of uh, meth psychosis. Yeah. Um, and then I walked him up the street and kind of calmed him down. Again, I, over the years, my experience with these people, I'm sort of like a social worker in that, um, you know, I feed them and create a space for them to, they all come in and sit exactly where you're sitting and talk and eat and um, draw or whatever it is. And um, so I, you know, my, my time with them is usually, um, you know, gathering information. Um, interviewing them and yeah. understanding the drugs or the culture or the subculture or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, and they're both totally, completely different, both homeless, um, both mentally ill, both drug addicts. Um, Steven's a kind of a lone wolf, never really camps out. He just kind of like wanders around. He's just wandering around at all times. Spanging, I call it. 
Spare change, spare change. Gotcha, gotcha. So spanging is spare change, spare change. That's like the street word. At the heart of many of Adam's issues with the city is something called harm reduction. The idea that a problem can be managed in a certain way that would prevent it from getting worse. And it's something that the city of San Francisco has a very, very rich history with, leading back to one of its ugliest and most brutal periods. It's important to know the history of harm reduction and where it really stems from. And my understanding is that it became very, very, very important, rightfully so, during the AIDS epidemic. Okay. It became an issue of HIV, safe needles, and spreading the disease via tainted needles, dirty needles. Yes. And harm reductions push really, from my understanding, kind of tailed into the AIDS Foundation, into uh, needle exchange. Needle exchange. Now, needle exchange is one for one, two for two, three for three. You have a used needle. You You can go to a city... Depot, hand over your needle, your used needle, and you can get a clean needle. Correct. Gotcha. So a version, that was my initial understanding of how harm reduction at least looked on 6th Street or on 7th Street. It was a clean needle for a dirty needle in exchange. Um, Now, what has happened with harm reduction is it somehow has become radicalized uh, which now includes the, uh, you know, dispersing pipes, crystal mm-hmm. crystal meth pipes, which are bulk, they call them bubbles, and crack pipes, and foil, and straws, and the pieces and parts to get high. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how um, infected needles turned into straws and foil. And now you can sort of understand where I would say that harm reduction's evolution from clean needles. Because um, I would imagine if, if you were in a needle exchange, and so therefore you were dealing with probably the same people where they were, you know, you were giving a thing, at least it would also have a fringe benefit from a city perspective of being able to track certain people or offer them or, or convince them, you know, one way or another. To, to, you know, get clean. Uh, but if you're just giving away party favors, then... Right, well, that's, that's really, just That's just, you know, kind I, of asking people to start a party. Right. And I, you know, again, and I think that I've, uh, I've likened uh, the fentanyl rush to the gold rush. You know, it was... Uh, it was a lot of... Uh, a lot of people who could get freebies uh, as well as city-funded benefits uh, and, you know, easy access to cheap fentanyl. I mean, the fentanyl here, despite the fact that San Francisco is the most expensive city in the country, the fentanyl is as cheap as it can get in the entire world. Um, Wow. Yeah. This is the most efficient market for street fentanyl. It is. It is. I think you can get like, uh, I'm not quite sure how they, how they weigh it out. I think they call it a point. 
Okay. And it may be a gram for like $10. I don't know how many people it could kill, but it could kill a lot. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I wouldn't buy the drugs. I don't, I, I, this is like the worst place to buy drugs. I mean, literally like you see four, I mean, there was a Twitter uh, feed yesterday. The guy published, there was four paramedics reviving four people on one block yesterday in one corner of San Francisco. And they all OD'd, all OD'd at the same time. All OD'd, same time, probably smoked off the same foil. It's absolutely, I mean, it's wild. So at some point, you know, the harm reduction technique and the practitioners, the, the practitioners um, need to be checked, right? Like, this is, this is not, uh, this doesn't seem to be right, giving people kind of like equipment to kill themselves. Um, and if, if that's the intention to allow them to kill themselves, then they need to put them somewhere else so they don't die on the streets on my block. Adam is a man who is living in the center of a legitimately ugly problem, no matter how you believe that that problem got there. It is a local issue for him. He's talking about his business, his neighborhood, his life. And as we've seen from at least his interactions with a few of the denizens of the Soma streets, he's somebody that's engaging on a level that, to be totally honest, I think few would. And yet, Better Soma is a controversial Twitter account, one that is blamed for exacerbating national questions about liberalism and conservatism the micro being awkwardly thrust into the macro. Right after this, we get into the pushback on Better Soma and whether or not that will change Adam's opinion about how he goes about using his voice. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this program. It's been, uh, oh boy, geez Louise, a crazy couple weeks. I got surprised with a birthday weekend that was before the birthday weekend that I had planned out. I am now 40 and never making a plan ever again. However, you guys still get your updates. Thank you to Take Politics Seriously. That is where you can subscribe and support to this very program. At the $3 level, you get two bonus episodes each and every week. One on Monday morning, one on Thursday afternoon, getting you all of the late breaking news that we cannot cover on our main episodes. Also, at the $1 level, you get ad-free shows. Because this isn't an ad. This is your update. Tucker Carlson aired his first montage of footage from January 6th that was given to him by Kevin McCarthy, specifically in night one, highlighting the famous QAnon shaman, Jake Angeli. The footage showed Angeli being escorted around the Senate by Capitol Police officers. This has not been taken well by the Capitol Police. The chief, Thomas Manger, said on uh, this week that Tucker Carlson was offensive and misleading in his portrayal. 
Manger wrote an internal message to officers that the primetime program, quote, conveniently cherry-picked from the calmer moments of the 41,000 hours of video and incorrectly portrayed the violent assault as more akin to a peaceful protest. Quote, commentary fails to provide context about the chaos and violence that happened before or during these less tense moments. Carlson was also condemned by multiple Republican senators. So I watched the footage. And I, I do think that there is a worth to understanding and at the very least humanizing some of these Capitol Police members who were in way over their heads. And and I don't know. It's, it's part of the reason why I thought that the January 6th commission was a real shame. It was a real shame because it, it was there to disqualify Donald Trump from political office. And while you, you may or may not believe that that is a righteous uh, aim, it also shaped everything else to it. And if you believe that he is guilty of a crime and should not and should be barred from seeking office, including the president, then you should be able to just lay out the evidence. It was more like a like a a, a persecutorial trial, which again. If you believe that there was certainly enough evidence for him to be indicted and they've recommended that he be looked into by the Justice Department, then, you know, that is what it is. But I, I, I do wish that there were more combining all of these elements. The, the footage that McCarthy gave to Carlson included gives us a more full and human picture of what was without question a insane, shocking, uh, political happening. Speaking of Kevin McCarthy, the Senate Democrats are going to face their second difficult vote in as many weeks. Thanks, thanks to the Speaker of the House. Last week, especially those Senate Democrats who are eyeing 2024 elections, had to vote on a Republican-sponsored resolution blocking a Biden administration rule encouraging retirement managers to consider environmental, social, and corporate governance, or ESG, when making investment decisions. This is red meat if you were going after older voters in the suburbs that might have drifted toward the Democratic Party. And then this week, specifically today, if you were listening to it on Wednesday, they will vote on a House-passed resolution to block a new D.C. crime bill that would lower penalties for carjackings, burglaries, and robberies. This is the same bill that Biden had to support to give those vulnerable Senate Democrats cover. And that's exactly what this is. This is cover so they don't get destroyed in 24. They have an unfavorable map and it shows that there's, you know, it's not like people are asleep at the wheel when it comes to the Senate. Joe Biden is a creature of the Senate. He he is, he's going to do the Democrats there the best that he possibly can. He's not going to make them backpedal any more than he absolutely has to. And finally, speaking of the Senate and speaking of Senate Democrats, Senator Dianne Feinstein said this week that she is now home after being hospitalized for shingles. Feinstein said that she will not seek re-election in 2024 as a very feisty Democratic primary is taking up shape. 
Again, takepoliticsseriously.com is where you need to go if you want to get those bonus episodes on Sunday and Thursday. No more hotel episodes. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I don't like doing them any more than you guys like listening to them. But no more hotel episodes for the next few weeks at the very least. Head on over there. And, of course, if you want to get this without any ads, that's the place you go as well. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. And now, back to the show. You know, I mean, the one thing is people are really generous here. I mean, you could like literally like I saw some bozos on my street like they must have just come from a bus or landed from Las Vegas. Who knows? They got they. They just come. They keep coming. And you could tell. So these guys are sitting there and someone comes, pass out snacks. And then someone else comes and gives them water. And it's like, shit. These guys are probably like, wow. I, I mean. This is, this is not a bad. It's con- cheap fentanyl. And there's just rich people where coins just fall con- out of their pockets. Concierge, the concierge service for homeless people. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's concierge service for homeless people. And the benefits and the ability to live it really spread the word spread. I mean, it's it, it, if I were a drug user and drug addict, or I wanted to be a drug addict and live somewhere, I would live here. Yeah. Because between the people and the government, there is, you know, and there's endless heartedness, endless resources, endless resources, endless empathy, endless sympathy, endless kindness, endless people like me, even the people across the street that literally just came and shit on my doorway this morning. I fed them this morning. Yeah. I gave them chips and sodas and extra food because that's just the way I am. Yes. But I can understand how people's frustration is at a peak. The people on the street are completely destructive. Yeah. Absolute mess. Here's something else that happened on the Better Soma Twitter account since I sat down with Adam and as I'm recording this right now. It is a screen grab from two other Twitter users. The first, the owner of Deli Board Sandwiches is in fact an awful person. Look at the rest of the tweets from this hate account. Somebody responds, Deli Board needs to get their S pushed in a few more times before they learn their lesson. You reap what you sow, Deli Board. How many times do we have to teach you a lesson, old man? And below that is a picture of the front window of Deli Board's front door shattered. And based on my viewing of the Better Soma account, I truly don't know if anything that that account posts is really even all that controversial. Sure, you can have an argument on whether or not Systemic racism is the reason why so many members of the San Francisco homeless are addicted to fentanyl. But there's no question that it's an active problem. There are open-air drug markets. Hell, even the mayor of San Francisco took a stand against it. No, the problem with Better Soma is not what they're saying, but who's agreeing with them. How aware of the fact that you get shared 
as as an example of uh, I I'm a people guy. Yeah. I'm a people guy. My my power is for the people. My push is for people. It's not political. Yeah. I'm not a politician. I'm a chef. Yeah. I'm not a politician. I don't care who shares it. I don't care. In the in in five years from now or four years from now, they're gonna look back and be like, it didn't even matter because who gives a rat's ass? It's not a political it's it's not a political minded approach. Yeah. It happens that all of the politicians locally are Democrat. Yeah. And they're all moronic in my opinion <laughs> and have very little control of their emotions and very little education on the subjects that they need to be studying to be successful at their jobs. I find it a I find them to be very misguided. Yeah. Now, just because they are all Democrats and the Republicans love my feet, that doesn't mean that I side with one side or the other. It's got nothing to do with that. The reality is, is what I find to be despicable are the conditions on the streets. Yeah. And the people suffering in those conditions, I don't care who posts it. Yeah. If you are going to judge my feed by the people who like my tweets mm-hmm. you got real problems and unfortunately that's how the twitter sphere works yeah it has nothing to do with what i've published it has to do with who retweets my publish and, and or whether you're helping likes them. it so if rush limbaugh yeah likes my tweets yeah then sally joe liberal yeah in san francisco has a problem with that yeah the rush limbaugh part has nothing yeah. to do with the fact that the person is dead getting revived on the streets with Narcan. There is some movement, though, for residents of San Francisco that feel that crime and drugs have gotten out of control. Not only has the mayor's office begun taking, at least in San Francisco, a tough-on-crime stance, but in a special election last year, the district attorney of San Francisco, which had run on a policy of putting less people in jail was recalled. And it brought me to a very interesting moment with Adam. Because for somebody that spends so much of his time documenting the ills of San Francisco, he is optimistic. You never hear him talk about how he's going to move. He's fighting for his little corner of a city that he loves. So I had to ask him, did these political machinations give him any hope? Um, you know, I, I, I have. I, I, think that, I think that what he did was a lot more impactful than anyone could really assess. I mean, the guy single-handedly um, dismantled the entire judicial system. I mean, yeah. you have to imagine that um, the office was turned upside down. People left. People were were laid off people were pissed right one of the people that left brooke jenkins becomes district attorney who disagrees completely with him um and i think she's doing the best job that she possibly can to to you know put the pieces back together yeah you got to imagine that she had a pretty pretty large challenge right yeah she also was only just elected so she's only in office for two months gotcha she was appointed before, before. At, on an emergency so, basis and then got correct. voted in. So as an appointee, how much power can you really play? 
and you got to hope that things are, are are going to start to move in a different direction, at least um, with consequences and messaging, right? Um, if I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the broken window theory, and um, I think that if you have graffiti on building A, B, then C is going to get it too. Yeah. Um, but if A and B both were cleaned, it's a good chance C won't get graffiti. So you kind of have to do some preventative. You have to do some rebuilding. There has to be some logic. You know, what's interesting, speaking of Better Soma and the groups, um, you know, Better Soma was was this <coughs> forerunner on Twitter and now in San Francisco you have a group called Grow SF. Okay. Um, and then you have another group called Together SF and they're both funded and they're both fairly moderate and they want to dump all the all the the, the radicals, let's call yeah. them. They, they want to dump the radicals and um, they want to bring logic and, and a better version of San Francisco to the table. Um, so... I I'm long on the city and yeah. I got to believe that there's going to be some change and I think it's going to get painful though before we see a lot. And there you have it. The tale of a city so beloved, so beautiful, so successful and yet undeniably in pain. Somebody looking to point out the problems that gets caught up in a gigantic turbine of a national outrage machine that demands you pick one of two politically correct sides. And amidst all of it, one deli owner who has a tremendous capacity for Twitter rabble-rousing. I gotta say, I love the Bay Area. I very much enjoyed my time there between... Oakland, where I lived in San Francisco, there is something truly special. And the open-hearted empathy that imbibes the entire region is something that I think is special and people can learn a lot from. But at the end of the day, I really do think that Adam's on to something. He is a civic-minded person, somebody who is truly acting locally. Even if globally, people use his message to beat each other up. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, 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 written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. If you would like to see what we did this entire episode about the Better Soma Twitter account, you can find it at px3guest.com. Again, that is letter P, letter X, number three, guest.com. If you'd like to email the show, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can find the program at px3tweets, and you can find me at Justin R. Young. I am live on Twitch three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when I'm not traveling or, or doing all sorts of other crazy crap. And I'm not doing that for a little bit. So head on over and hang out. PX3Live.com. Our newsletter is PX3Newsletter.com. Whenever there's episodes that are more essay uh, stuff, then, you know, you'll see them pop up there. 
And if you'd like to share this podcast, it is px3podcast.com. Of course, you can support the program with a one-time donation. PayPal.me slash payjury is where you do it on PayPal. Venmo money isn't real. Prove it by sending me a dollar. Justin-Young-20. Our cash app is px3cash. And you can send me anything you'd like in the mail. P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Somebody sent me a 40th birthday present. That is a a battle banner. You want to know what here? I got to go. I got to go get this. I got to go downstairs and get this. Hold on. It is a 1983 presidential task force battle streamer. So it's one of those like uh, you would you would see him in like medieval kind of stuff. But apparently it is a tradition for which has existed for a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the person who sent it my way. It really, really, really warmed my heart. Again, if you'd like to send me anything in the mail, it is P.O. Box 153184 Austin, Texas 78715. The only place you can get bonus content, however, is TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Our $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week, covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And our $10 tier gets your name right at the end of the podcast like these fine folks in the Titanic. Ten dollar, dear Dustin, Jason, Andre, C. Garcia, El Basso, John, Matt, Greg, Potts, MC, Dradio, Unsafe, DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yield, Pinball Shop, DP4, Bongo, Niemeister, Catherine, Todd, and Gloria Young for King of the New World Order, Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Select, Start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris, Arslandi, and Bluefront, and the Lenina, DL, Stephen, Chad, Nomadic, Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Miranda, Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, just another pilot. Middle-aged Mike, who loves Frank, got abducted. Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen, A-L-D-L-D-L-D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua, you want your name, Brad. Only one place to go. Take politics seriously.com. And if you've listened to this podcast with advertising, boy, howdy. It's only $1 a week. And you can never listen to a programmatic ad again. That wraps it up for us today, though. We will be back on the free feed on Friday, Thursday, if you are a patron. Until then, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. Dog and Pony Show Audio.